Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to an all-games radio network broadcast of allgames.com. Allgames.com. George Romero, you're listening to ZombieCast. Hey, this is Dave Fenoy, the voice of Lee Everett, and you're listening to ZombieCast. This is Greg Nicotero of The Walking Dead, and you're listening to ZombieCast. I'm Sarah Wayne Callies, and you're listening to ZombieCast. I'm Lori Holden, and you're listening to ZombieCast. This is Danny Drew, and I'm listening to ZombieCast. You better be listening to it, too. Well, you are if you're hearing me, so keep listening. Hi, this is Sid Haig, and you are listening to ZombieCast. That's why you can hear me, stupid. Yo, monkeys, it's me, DDP, Diamond Dallas Page, the king of Bada Bing, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion, and, of course, Billy Ray Snapper and Devil's Rejects. And you, well, you, monkey, you're listening to the ZombieCast. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Hi, this is Norman Reedus, and you're listening to ZombieCast. ZombieCast. Hey y'all, this is Lou Temple. You know me as Axel from The Walking Dead. And I'm here to tell you, zombie cast. Stay tuned in. Follow me. And thank you, Romero, for that super awesome introduction this week. And welcome, zombies, to ZombieCast, an unofficial guide to all things zombie. Episode 176, where I'm Sean. I'm Matt. I'm Norma. And thank you, zombies, for another download of ZombieCast this week. We want to thank you no matter where you get us, iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, ZombieCast.net. But the best place is every Monday night, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern at allgames.com forward slash chat. Come over here, enter that, enter your name, jump in the chat with the zombies over here, mingle with the show, mingle with the zombies from around the world. We got a little bit of Australia, the U.K. over here today. So it's always a good time over here. And also, now you can, on your Xbox One, you can download the TuneIn app. Simply add all games. Radio and uh, hear us live through your Xbox One console each week. Uh, do we do want to remind all you guys to go to zombieresearchsociety.com as we're the official radio show of the Zombie Research Society. Go over there and browse all those news articles. And on the bottom right, click that Zombie Cast play button and listen to us while you browse all the news articles over there. We want to thank Mr. Matt Moak, remember the whole panel of guys over there. It's a society for having us as their official radio show. And while you're ever on the social medias, go to Facebook, search ZombieCast, like our fan page over there. And while you're over on the Twitters, look up at ZombieCast World. Follow that. Click that banner up top. And follow each individual host. So, it's election t- today in-, in Canada, right, Matt? 
Canadian elections, buddy. We're all excited, right? We're all uh, we're all watching the polls right yeah, now. Yeah, we're pumped. Yeah, who who are you going for, Normie? Um, you know that guy hmm. that's kind of tall. Yeah, well, or is it tie? That guy. Pop quiz for any of you. Uh, what what do we call the leader of Canada up here? Beluga. Emperor. The Prime Minister. <laughs> <laughs> Normie got it. Dictator. <laughs> High commander. Uh, okay, High who, commander. Can you call him Grand, Grand Moff? Mounties. <laughs> Who, who's been our prime minister for the past decade? Sir Walrus. Tarkin. Sir Walrus? What? I don't know, Matt. You're stumping <laughs> me here. Captain Captain Moose. Oh, my God. Well, okay. What are the two major <laughs> parties that are going up to bat tonight? Niagara. I believe it's the Justice League versus the Legion of Doom. <laughs> Those are horrible. <laughs> the Legion of Doom, like the Road Warriors, Ted, old school wrestlers. It's not like we're across the ocean. We're like we're on top of you guys. You're the hat of America, right? We're the hat of America, and you don't even know who runs our. Uh, Moose, <laughs> Mr. Moose, uh, Captain Kangaroo. Moose might be legalized after uh, this election, so keep your eyes on Vigilantes, that. Vigilantes, man. Well, you guys need to build a wall to keep all that moose out. Well, that's one of our candidates is asking for that too. So. Yeah. So, so good luck, Matt. Hopefully there's no vigilantes or, or like craziness up there in Canada, man. Good luck. There might be if uh, things go a certain way, but thank you. Ah, dude. Yeah, Canada knowledge, man. We always we always love that Canada Canada knowledge, dude. And you know, last week yeah, you, it looks you like it's freshly working well. It is, man. We learned it. <laughs> I still don't know what 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 do you call your president? You never told us. Uh, well, Norma got it. Yes. Well, we don't call him a president, him or her. We call uh, it uh, prime minister. It's the prime minister. Yeah. Ah, what was that crackhead guy's name in Toronto? He was the mayor of Toronto. That was uh, Mayor Ford, Rob Ford. Ah, that dude. He mm. makes the news a lot here in the United States. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was on Jimmy Fallon. I remember uh, he was going through the rounds there. It was kind of neat seeing us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but before we get into our yeah. awesome yeah. guest this Fear. week, what? Seven. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize, Matt. Uh, before we get into our awesome <laughs> guest this week, and you know we've got a huge debate coming. From last night's uh, Season 6, Episode 2 of The Walking Dead. Uh, I do want to give a shout-out to Panic Mountain. You know, us here at ZombieCast, we sent 28 people, 14 teams, to Panic Mountain in San Bernardino, California. We got them a cabin for the night, all their meals, and all the zombie events there. And the pictures have been coming in from uh, Team Chocobo. And then, uh, you know, uh, Cowboy Chris, Ted's friend, your, your guys went. But, you know, all I'm hearing is good things about that. So we want to give a huge shout-out to Panic Mountain for giving us those uh, really 28 trips and cabin awesome. stays and yep. meals and all that, dude. Uh, so we're really glad that the zombies out there are enjoying it. Ted, have you heard from Cowboy Chris? Did, did, did he live? I heard that it's. Uh, he said it was fun, but you have to be in extremely good physical condition. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> uh, and uh, me and Cowboy Chris are not. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But I, I, I am going to talk to the lady and see if I can go. She said I could come the 24th or 25th. So I'm going to see about going this weekend, and I will hopefully live and tell you what's what. But he posted a really badass picture. It looked like Silent Hill. It was like in the mountains with the crazy trees. It looked like our Alan Wake. Cool. Right, you know, right. and it was really, really foggy. Mm-hmm. Right. So is it Kermit the Foggy? <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but we do want to. Thank- I can't. I can't. T- I can't talk, guys. I can't talk. I'm trying to get Star Wars tickets. Okay, you guys no, no. continue without me. 
No! Two, two, Wait, months, okay, it's two months in advance. It, dude, it's selling out. I'm fucking like, there's like several theaters that are already sold out. You're in Los Angeles, were... though, man. No, but I'm going to be in Atlanta when that, it's Christmas time. So, Christmas time. the main theater I go to is sold out already. So if, I, so if I come to Ridiculous. if I come to Atlanta and I bring two tickets, can me and Mama Teta can go? Is your mom is your mom gonna be there? I thought they were supposed to sell the tickets after the trailer, not before. Because it's Star it's Star Wars. Well, it's Star Wars, it isn't the tra the trailer could air tonight and they could just show the little BB-8 thing rolling around going, blah, 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 and it's still gonna make a billion dollars. But are are, are 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 the tickets you're trying? <laughs> Are they trying to sell? Like, you you choose the time you want to see it or something, or is the tickets to a midnight showing? No, it's seven. the The things are showing seven o'clock Thursday, the night on the seventeenth, and uh, tickets are Fandango. You can already buy tickets to all those screenings. So you're going. I'm going to I'm gonna see it on opening weekend, but I'm going to see it on a Saturday. Like the um, what are they called? The matinee time. That's usually when we go for big movies. Well, I'm, I'm trying to yeah, get seven, the matinee seven. times are usually a lot cheaper. Well, I'm just trying to go on the uh, opening night just because I'm a, I'm a fucking Yeah, star. you want to go to the earliest time possible because you want to be one of the first people to see it. My my internet name is Tedekin. Don't you people know what that means? But Ted, I actually don't. What does Ted, that mean? You're Ted, in Atlanta, what, dude. You need to be Rick fucking We know Brons, what it means. Man. Oh, I, at least I do. What, she, what, wait, it's a Star Wars reference? It, Tedekin is Anakin with Ted stuck in it. Oh. I, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Are you serious, Ted? <laughs> Y'all have never known that? No. I, <laughs> I thought it was a cute, like little. And don't thing confuse Tedekin with Ted Aiken, by the way. I've <laughs> no. had that. I, I've had that uh, internet name since the inception of the internet, and that's that's what that means. Because I I remember I started playing Star Wars Galaxies back when that that crappy MMO that lasted like nothing, and I, you had to come up with a name for it. And I was like, I, I got to think of a name, and my name was Tedekin Starkiller was my name, and that's where I came up with Tedekin. Then I just was like, I'm going to be Tedekin on the internet. And that's yeah. Few people know that just it's Anakin. Yeah, just don't. Yeah. It's Anakin. Yeah, just with don't Ted. confuse Tedekin with Ted Aiken, which is actually a real person's name. Oh, people <laughs> did confuse me with him, and I got a lot of hateful messages <laughs> on 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 Aww. Twitter. I had all sorts of people tweeting me saying like, "You fucking piece of crap!" And I was <laughs> like, what? I was like, "What did I do?" <laughs> <laughs> ah. Well, good luck, oh, Ted. The trailer comes out tonight, so we, we may be uh, reviewing that trailer here live on ZombieCast. Let's get into our guest. So he can... I, I can tell uh, there, there is a countdown. There is a countdown to the trailer. Um, let me see if I can get the link here because I it, – it's, it's, it's an actual countdown to when it'll start. <laughs> it, what, if, what if the game is still going on, like something happens, and he's going to like – everybody in the field stop, the countdown's over? True. But, but 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 look up that clock. I want to introduce our guest so he can mingle with us uh, on this conversation bef before we get into his talk. And you know what? I'm a huge fan of this guy, and this is his first time on ZombieCast, and I'm really, really excited about this. Uh, he's the co-author of Zombie Mania. He also teaches courses in zombies in the popular media at the Marvel Cinematic Universe at the University of Baltimore. And also, he has his own radio show, Doctor of the Dead, but it's Doctor himself, Mr. Arnold T. Bloomberg, dude. Doctor, dude, welcome to ZombieCast. Hi, everybody. Oh, thank you so much. It's a pleasure Yay. to be on. Hello. The doctor's in the house. Hello, everybody. Yeah, yeah. The doctor dude. is in. So, so, That's right. So, 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 Dr. Bloomberg, dude, are you excited about Star Wars, being that we were talking about that? 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I, it's the first movie I actually remember actively seeing as a kid was going to see the original when it was first released. So I, I love it. Of And um, really looking forward to the new one. So we just might all have to stop talking when the trailer hits online, whenever that is. Well, that, that's, we that's are, the plan. We, yeah. we, we've got, we we've are got... approximately one hour and 33 minutes. Oh, there you the go. Show. Oh, nice. then that, that, that's going to be airing right 10 o'clock when the show is about to end. So we might have to stay on an extra three minutes. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, uh, there we go. But the one uh, thing I'm not doing, though, is I'm not racing to get tickets. I'm seeing everybody I know online and on Twitter talking about how every movie theater they're trying to get to is already their websites are crashing. The the seats are all taken. That's just I can wait. My my days of wanting to be there in the seat on the very first showing, I'm kind of done with that i'll just wait well, I, well I'm, I'm i'm texting I, I live in los angeles my friends i'm gonna go see with her in atlanta because i'm gonna be home for christmas and i'm texting them like you know i'm like can you guys commit to thursday december 17th at 7 sure. 30 and it, it's like i need you to write back because i'm trying to get tickets and they're selling out Wait, oh, just buy a just buy a bunch just of buy, yeah. buy a block <laughs> yeah my row I I they're gonna let that happen. i'm sure i'm sure they got some kind of security in place for that nobody's gonna well, get a block i might just get them and if they don't go i'll drag my mommy and my brother <laughs> <laughs> instead screw y'all i've never had so much fun on opening night so it's just getting there an hour and a half early just having to sit down for i don't know I'll I'll wait. I'm like you, Doctor. I'll I will wait maybe a couple I'm weeks. Okay, with waiting. I, I years ago I used to love. I mean, there were a lot of movies where I used to love. It was, it's exciting. I used to love being there in the opening night, but I think I kind of slowed down to the point where it's like, ah, eh, I'll wait until there's seats available. It's not going to go away. It's not going to be like <laughs> yeah, there in another month. This one's not going to be over in a do week. Do you guys usually? Do you guys usually see the same movie twice or many times on a weekend? Because. Did- uh, I I only enjoy movies watching them once. When you see them the second time, you, you already know what happens. It depends on how much I love the movie. Like yeah. the reason why I'd like to go opening weekend for the Star Wars thing is because Star Wars to me is such an just such a big deal in my life, you know. And to me, to be in that little buzz with everybody else that's watching it is important. Sure. So you know that that's why I would like to go see it opening weekend. It would be a matinee kind of deal, you know, because I don't like going with huge crowds. And I'm the, <clears throat> I guess I'm the anal person that is in line two and a half hours yeah. before the show. I would, I would prefer if there was a huge crowd when I see a movie because I like the shared experience of it. Yeah, I sure. do too. That's you know, why. That's why the whole movie theater world people is still that are, alive today. They have the same taste as you. Yeah. No, that's mm-hmm. true, but the whole, like, I don't know, like, I'm still, I guess, a little awkward sitting next to people I don't know, and, you know, I like mm-hmm. having the little seat in between us kind of deal, so I don't like the like the seats with everybody completely filled. Plus, you know, I'm barely scratching the five-foot mark, so I always <laughs> get stuck in front of somebody who's, like, really tall. So are you going to wear a costume <laughs> while you watch the movie? I wouldn't wear a costume, but, you know, I might have to borrow one of those little kid booster well, well, seats that they <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna wear my for I'm gonna wear my Force Awakens. Yeah. Well, 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 guys, nice. you know, kids, don't that... get too excited. You know, there's one guy in the room that might not be able to see it. Matt is in Canada. Is it is it gonna be up there? Oh. Is it gonna be up there in the, in the far north, Matt? <laughs> I'm pretty sure they'll be releasing Canada. Well, I think our, our I think our first theater is getting built by that time. So, well, that's good, Matt. I'll take I'll take the sled dogs. You know, we'll hitch a ride right, and uh, right. we'll get up there in time. 
Yeah. Watch it, watch it on, watch yeah, it on they, the old they, they better built that theater yeah. before. I was gonna uh, say, them. That uh, Canada's pretty big, so how far in advance would you have to take those sled dogs out and, and get? Oh, it's like a month. <laughs> it's like the pioneer days. You really got to plan. It. I think we're gonna leave actually uh, in a couple weeks. So, so, so guys, <laughs> guys, guys, I got, guys, I got news. Fandango.com is officially ah, the Star Wars. Ah, <laughs> oh, I guess nerds. Oh, oh, I heard. Of, oh, I heard. Uh, I heard that a lot of movie sites are crashing yeah. because of the mm-hmm. preset. So, guys, let's get, let's yeah. get into some zombie talk yeah. real quick. All right, Doctor, we, we have a signature question <laughs> that we always ask our first-time guests the first time that they're on their show, and it's the definition of a zombie. And, you know, there could be a million different definitions. And you, you're a zombie expert, so you, you know all about the Haitians, you know all about the, the, the movies, the, the Indiana Jones to the Scooby-Doo's. Right. But, you know, you know, tucking your profession <laughs> to the side, Doctor – Whenever you go to a movie, what's a zombie to you? Yeah. What do you want? Like me, dude, I, it's the fear of the nick of the tooth, dude. But, okay. But to, to you, doctor, what is the definition of a zombie? So you're asking me yes. for a personal choice then, too. Because, yeah, I, I, everywhere I go, I am always talking and, and frequently trying to avoid fighting about the fact that it, it's a fictional creature. It's a wide, open uh, genre with so many different kind of species. Of zombie. In fact, I, there, I just had this a couple days ago. There isn't a week that goes by, I think, that I don't have to step in on some conversation where people are saying, well, 28 days later doesn't count. And then I have to explain to them, yeah, it does really. Uh, but you can choose to like it or not. But zombies can be alive, they can be dead, they can be fast, slow, doesn't matter. But if, but if you're asking what I would pick personally, my, all, my favorite personally and the, the kind of version of the creature that speaks to me that I like to see is still what we now consider the traditional modern zombie, that George Romero slow, shambling, mm-hmm. flesh-eating, reanimated corpse. It's the one that, that really first introduced me to a lot of concept, and it's still the one that if I was going to personally choose, that's, that's what I like. But I certainly enjoy all the other different versions of things that are out there. Uh, but if, if I were going to pick, that's the version that I like right. the most. So, I mean, it, it's good, you know. I, I noticed on the documentary Doc of the Dead, you know, if I remember right, you kind of had a mm-hmm. disagreement with, with Greg Nicotero because he he said he said twenty eight days <laughs> yes. later we're not zombies, and you, yeah, Greg doesn't. <laughs> Greg's wrong, but that's. A, <laughs> I mean, I love the guy, I love his work, but now he's wrong. Twenty eight days later counts. Here's the real short answer to the twenty eight days later thing: the zombie genre began with living human beings being controlled by voodoo. Replace voodoo with rage virus. It's the exact same thing. In fact, Thank the creatures you. in 28 Days Later are more like the zombies that started everything than the Romero shuffling reanimated corpses that became zombies after the fact and weren't even intended to be zombies. So it all counts. And what I always say is you can like the kind of zombie you like, but you can't say it doesn't count because they all count. Well, let me so, ask you a question. Uh, there's been debate on this show. What about the yes. uh, White Walkers in Game of Thrones? Sure, they count. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. there's zombies. In fact, there are two different kinds going on there because uh, did you see like that that uh, latest episode Hard Home where they had the big the whole big zombie attack on the village? That oh whole my God, episode, yeah. that was beautiful work and incredible stuff in that. And you basically have what we see as the uh, more traditional modern sort of reanimated corpses uh, from all the victims that ro- that rose again at the end and become the army. But right. the White Walkers are slightly different. They're some sort of undead zombie-like creature, but they're thinking creatures as well. And we mm-hmm. see a lot of zombies out there that think. 
whether it's uh, the lead in iZombie now or characters in Warm Bodies or even right. Bub in Day of the Dead is is got a lot on the ball in that. So yeah. uh, there's all kinds. And, and the only thing that I say is they all count. They're all variations on a theme. But uh, but like you just asked me, we all we all like certain kinds. We usually tend to like a particular kind, and that one's the one we most enjoy. And uh, and I I do enjoy the George Romero classic, George Romero Walking Dead sort of stuff. That to me yeah, is me my too, favorite. Just, kind. I, I don't know, man. Just, just to where you've got to mess up and screw up, and, and you just fear the nick of that tooth, man. Is uh, dude, me and you're in the same boat, doctor. <laughs> so. So, so have you yeah. always been a fan? You know, I mean, you're a zombie expert. You, you teach it at the University of Maryland, of Baltimore. Uh, I mean, is zombie? You know, mm-hmm. like for me, I was raised you know, five, six years old. My parents were zombie freaks, so yeah, you know, I was raised on Dawn of the Dead, Night of the Living Dead, Return of the Living Dead. You know, and then yeah, we kind of hit that ghost, you sure. know, that, that that ghost desert there for a while. To, you know, and and then zombies are back in full yes. force over you know the last eight to ten years. Uh, is that they're growing in popularity now, of course, with The Walking Dead. But, but have you always been a fan of zombies, Doctor? Well, you know, it, more recently I've started to think about when a lot of it started because I grew up a fan of all sorts of things, comics and, and you mentioned Marvel, of course, like Marvel superheroes and Star Trek and Star Wars and all that. And yes, horror too, but not as much as a lot of the other things. And I started to try to think back because people ask, when a lot of that started, I certainly remember when when video stores were first coming into in around our area around like 1981. We were going to the first some of the first video rental stores, and I always remember seeing the horror section of video rental stores had some of the most amazing cover art mm-hmm. you've ever seen. There, there's not, and of course, lots of stuff is online now, so you can go on websites everywhere and see like this golden age of VHS covers. There were just crazy covers, all these horror movies, but I never got a lot of them. I never saw a lot of them, and then I remember occasionally seeing TV trailers for things like when Day of the Dead was coming out in 1985 or, mm-hmm. or um, some other things like that. And I just recently figured out I'm a huge Halloween Michael Myers fan. That was always yeah. one of my favorite series back then. And I just finally figured out Halloween 2 in 1981 – has a scene in it where uh, it's, the, it's the sequel, of course, in both the original and Halloween 2. It's the same night. And during that night, supposedly, in Haddonfield, they're having that movie marathon. And you see the characters watching some horror movies on TV and science fiction. In the first movie, you see them watching The Thing from Another World and Forbidden Planet. But at the beginning of Halloween 2, the TVs have Night of the Living Dead on. Right. And it's the scene right at the beginning where Johnny does they're coming to get you, Barbara. And now that I think of it, that's actually the first time I ever saw Night of the Living Dead or any of it was as the clip oh. in Halloween 2. And then I saw that movie. So in a way, that mysterious little clip from that movie that sounded really atmospheric and creepy, I was first introduced to it through Halloween 2. And that's where a lot of it got started for me. And then uh, I started it, finding it. it AMC cool. Fear Fest started last night. They're showing the entire or most of the Halloweens have been on all day. Sure. Today. Oh, I always have to go through all yeah. them again every year. Sure. I think they're on part six right now. But and you, you notice something little known fact, you know, the Night of the Living Dead is actually a public domain movie, you know, so anybody can show yes. it. So I, yes. I've noticed in, in most horror movies, you'll notice every time you watch a horror movie and somebody's watching a scary movie. <laughs> 
it's almost always Night of the Living Dead because they can, they, can, yeah. they can grab it and it's a real movie and they can put it on the screen and make their sure. movie look better. Because one of the other ones, the one of the other ones you often see is Last Man on Earth, uh, the Vincent Price one, because that one's also <laughs> public domain. So it's just there are some of these great atmospheric looking public domain movies. You just go, hey, we don't have to pay a dime. We can grab that, put it in there. And that's so, a real yeah. movie. People go, oh, my God, look, they have Night of the Living Dead in here. <laughs> that's right. I, th- I think we watched, I think, Matt, Tales of Halloween. Isn't there, are they watching Night of the Living Dead in one scene in that? I, I believe think, so, I, yeah. I, I think in the, they in the are. background With the kid yeah. and the candy, right. Did you hear the big news? Or you guys are probably already, I don't know if you've already talked about it, the big news about them discovering the work print in Night of the Living Dead. With ten, no. nine more minutes of footage or something. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, Romero announced that right here in my state of Maryland. He was at a convention <laughs> here and announced that they found a, a 16 millimeter work print to the film with the nine or ten minutes that the distributor had cut out. So we're hopefully in the I near future. Play that clip. Yeah, it's it's phenomenal. Which clip are you talking about, Tiger? Uh, well, the, we well, the, we're not an audio clip. We need a video one. clip. <laughs> so yeah. it's, I don't know if that's gonna work. <laughs> we'll just hear it. Johnny, you're still afraid. Stop it now! I mean it. It's a nine. It's a nine minute clip. That's okay, buddy. Coming to get you, Barbara. Stop it! You know, that that reminds me, me. Doctor. You know, me and Matt were sitting in a bar in Atlanta two years ago, and I look over, we we were at Walker (laughs) Stalker Con, and I look over, and the beautiful, Uh sexy Judith O'Davis beside me, and dude, well, we talked to her too. We shared a beer with her. And I all but asked her out, man. Yeah, you were in love, Sean. It was it was a little odd and creepy. Yeah, but, 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 but uh, what, what a charming lady. You know, you, you're a part of a documentary, Doc of the Dead, which has got Bruce Campbell, it's got Judith O'Day, Greg McTarrow. You're in it, Doctor. And, and oh, you that's... know, it, man, yeah. you know, I was watching that uh, again, uh, being that you were coming on, uh, which I saw, you know, way back, uh, you know, when Matt Mocha told told me about it, and uh, you know, she, you oh, know yeah, whenever she... they got they got the, those guys back in the cemetery for like a reunion, man. She, she was hot in that video in your documentary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the only the only disappointing part about that documentary is we aren't we weren't all filming in the same room, so it's not like we got to meet anybody too much either. Yeah. But uh oh that was a lot of fun doing that one. That was great. They came out here to Maryland to shoot uh, my bit right at the uh, University of Baltimore and uh we had a great time with that. But it was it was a thrill to be part of something like that with all those everybody everybody you could possibly hope for from the zombie genre, all packed in there. Even though Greg Nicotero's wrong. That's okay. I, I, I give him a pass anyway. He'd get an A in my class no matter what. He's earned it. Can I, if you don't mind, I, I'm just interested because you, you teach these classes. Mm-hmm. And, and I like your point of view. I mean, you, you said right at the top of the show that you, it, it's a fictional creature. Right? There's no, you're not, trying to, you're not trying to say these could exist or there's a, there's, a, there's a reality involved, but what is the angle you teach with it? Do you teach the pop culture aspect? Do you teach the science aspect? What is the... Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's a pop culture media class, and, and the, way, um, the way the classes work, it's basically uh, it's an, um, it's an umbrella class that um, is offered almost every semester, and I'm not the only one. Many other people can teach them. It can cover any genre. And so far, I've done versions of it that are the zombie class. I've also done the Marvel Cinematic Universe one that we just did uh, this past spring for the first time. And the idea is in every one of these, you pick a genre, you pick a topic, you take your class through a selection of films, books, comics, whatever. But the goal is 
you're teaching people how to read media, how to mm. analyze the fact that everything that we watch and that we're inundated with through all our devices 24-7, everything has meaning. Everything has mm. messages in it. Some of them are deliberate. Some of them are inadvertent. But what you do is you look at all of it and you say, what does this say about us? What does this reflect about American culture? What is this saying? Grab a movie from the past and say, well, what does Night of the Living Dead say about 1968? But also, what does it still say about us in 2015? Mm-hmm. And as you go, mm-hmm. we go in the zombie class, we go chronologically from the beginnings of the genre all the way up to the present day, and we discuss every week what are these films saying. And when Walking Dead's on, which is great, we do the class in the fall, every week we get to talk about the show. And, uh, and the nice part is the students really get into it, and the conversations aren't just, oh, that was really cool, you know, Carol killed pe- people, it was exciting. We also <laughs> talk about, cool. you know, we yeah. talk about the thematic stuff, you know, what does it say, you know, what does the show say about whether or not, uh, you know, do you have to kill, or is it right to still try to respect life, and all these things. We talk about race and gender, class, everything you could think of. But one of the things, like you were asking, though, I don't mm-hmm. teach necessarily, like, the, the, the scientific aspects. We talk about it. But the goal is to talk about it from a cultural point of view. Right, right. I mean, so would you say, like, um, so what, what would you say is the resurgence of Was it the Cold War in the beginning that started it? Was it, is it just well, all the angst right now? Or? Well, and it's one of, the, one of the most basic ways of looking at it is, and this, this applies to horror in general too, is if you just look at American history specifically, which is what we tend to focus on in the class too, you can, you can track like a roller coaster ride the surge in popularity every time the country goes through a major traumatic event, and particularly when you see things like war or a financial issue. And the zombie uh, genre begins in the 30s and 40s when we're dealing with the Depression and World War II, and uh, it's all misinterpreting this other culture and and looking at it from a very narrow point of view and, and seeing them as foreign and other. And then you move forward in time, and yes, you're right, the Cold War comes into it, when Night of the Living Dead shows up, you're dealing with the civil rights movement in Vietnam, and you mm-hmm. keep going through that. And by the time you get to today, we're in the longest sustained surge of popularity. It's never been more mainstream or more global, and that all happened post nine eleven. Right, right. Like, Is that the it? Dawn of the Dead. Uh, wasn't the Dawn of the Dead all about social commentary? Absolutely, and deliberately so, because so many times when you teach classes like this, you talk about this stuff, another question often comes up as well, are we looking too deep, you know, because sometimes, particularly in an academic way, you could say, you know, aren't you looking a little too hard? Maybe it's just supposed to be entertainment. Well, it's true that people don't necessarily set out to make a movie and sit down and go, I'm going to write a film that's socially relevant, but that happens because of who you are, because of what time you're living in. You inevitably have those ideas in your story. But in the case of Dawn of the Dead, the classic, the 1978 Dawn of the Dead, Romero and everybody sat down deliberately and and specifically consciously said, we're going to make a movie that says something. And they picked the idea of shopping malls and consumerism, and it was the perfect idea Mm -hmm. to mix that with the obvious perfect embodiment of consumption, which is the zombie. And here we are trudging up and down these shopping malls, just mindlessly con- you know, consuming. Everything, so it was yeah. perfect. And yeah, they, they meant it when they made you know, that. I remember as a kid, Doctor, you know, my mom, she graduated high school in 1969. So she saw the theatrical release of Night of the Living Dead. And it was, you know, I, I've told the story a, a ton of times. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I always heard about this movie, Night of the Living Dead, Night of the Living Dead, Night of the Living Dead. And back whenever the VCR came out, the $600 VCR, 
the first movie that we ever rented was sure. Night of the Living Dead. And, you know, I was hooked then. But I remember uh, as a kid, you know, we, you know, the videos when you would buy them back then, you know, they were like a hundred bucks. So you just couldn't buy a VHS tape. So we would rent mm-hmm. Dawn of the Dead a lot. And, and I loved that movie so much and feared it so much. You know, I remember I would, we would go rent it and I would hold the box of the movie from like the action video in my lap. And I was thinking, man, the freaking zombies that are on this room, uh-huh. man. Just, just, you know, I had such fear. It's like the, it's like the zombies lived in the Yeah, in the, but, in the but I loved case. it so much and feared <laughs> it so bad. I mean, it's, it's just been a lifelong love for me with zombies, you know. And How how old would you say you were when you saw it then, this, when you're talking about? Well, how I was born in 75, been? and I remember MTV had been out a couple okay. years, but it, it was early 80s. We're not. We're not that far off. I was born seventy one, so it's not that different. So it's it's just the right time. Yeah, I mean that's there you go. So we, we share and that's one of the other things that I talk about is that it's there's a certain spot, right? If you want to make it wide ranging, it's say somewhere in like eleven to fourteen. Usually it's more like around eleven, twelve. The stuff you experience when you're that age, that stuff gets burned into your brain for the rest of your life. You you never look at anything else the same way. And the stuff that you experience at that point in your life is what you carry with you for the rest of your life. So if you go back and you think, oh, what was I really, really interested in when I was like 11, 12, 13, that's the stuff that's affected how you look that's at true. everything else. And, and, and so when, you, when something like this hits you at that age, it's, the impact is incredible. And, and it makes a lot of sense that you just you get into it and, and it's yeah, always going you know, to mean something it's like, to you. you know, whenever you – know, me and Matt you – know, we've had Greg and Kateri here on ZombieCast, and, and we interviewed him face-to-face. Me and Matt did. And, and, and the whole time, the whole time you know, I was fantastic. standing there with uh, Greg yeah, and Kateri, it, it wasn't The Walking Dead that I was thinking about. You know, it wasn't thinking you know, he's been you know, to, to the Herschel house and you know, he was here and he was there. I was like, you know, Bob, you know, he did Bob in Day of the Dead. And, and that's all I could yes. think about was he was there. You know, oh, he, yeah. was, he was there in those coal mines or, or, you know, the mines where they were shooting the zombies in Day of the Dead. Yes. He well, was there in the trenches. That's right. <laughs> the These kids floor, today, they don't understand. We made a zombie movie. They yeah, made it in the mines. It's one of the things that just, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's in my heart, man. I absolutely have a passion oh. for zombies, man. And, and that's what we are here. You know, we're the the unofficial guide to all things zombie because, you know, we're just like a, a group of guys and gal with Normie uh, just talking things that we love, man. And zombies, and zombies is it. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. And, and you're Star right. Wars. <laughs> and Star and Wars. Star Wars. Well, so, you know, Star Wars finally did put zombies in. They did that novel. Uh, what was the novel called? Uh, there were a few, actually. I remember. They, put, they did Stormtroopers. There were zombies in a recent Star Wars oh, novel. Yeah. So. Death Troopers or something. Is that canon, like that. though? Isn't that not canon anymore? Well, I think that's. Na- I, I don't, I, it doesn't count anymore yeah. now. Yeah, it was called Death Troopers. Yeah, that, that, that came out before they wiped that's out before. the EU. Yeah, so so much for that. But you can still, you know, if you, if you want a little zombie in your right. Star Wars, well, let me you can ask you, Doctor. <laughs> you being a zombie expert, and, and like I said, you teach it, and you've written books, and you know, you, you do all these panels at all these cons all over the United States. What, what's maybe a zombie movie that, that that you love that maybe people haven't seen? You know, that's got the flesh, that's got the blood, that's got the slow, creepy zombie. Ask him about no, Maggie not Maggie. <laughs> we, we love Maggie, but Matt hated Maggie. <laughs> That's, warm bodies. What about yeah. warm bodies? Well, warm bodies is perfectly fine. You know, man, I, I, I certainly don't mind warm bodies. 
I'll, I'll answer your question, but I'll just say briefly that one of the things that I think is most exciting and interesting in the zombie genre right now, and I know that a lot of people that are fans of what we're calling traditional, but obviously is this modern Romero-style zombie. Mm-hmm. I mean, for people that are fans of that, they might look at the stories like Warm Bodies, go, I don't want my zombies to be romantic or thinking. But the point is that that's happening. That's- and and it's important because a lot of people are enjoying that. And, and it says a lot about one of the things I often talk about is the, when you have a monster in media that lasts as long as zombies have lasted in popularity since 2002 or so, this latest surge, you tend to see things in culture where people start to try to domesticate them a little bit, that we're, we're dealing with the fear so frequently that you want an alternative that's cuddlier, that's, that's more like us. And there's also the idea that you know if we're identifying with the zombie, you get to the point where somewhere in the back of your mind you're thinking, you know, wouldn't it be nice if we could cure them because then it means we have hope. So that's what all this uh, thinking, self-aware zombie stuff is uh, is often about. So warm bodies and eye zombie and all these things, they're fun. I mean, not everybody likes that take on it, but that just shows it's happening for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as like movies that, that have the guts and gore, maybe people don't know. Well, I'm sure a lot of people listening probably know a lot of them that I would name. Uh, but I would go back to some of the earliest versions of that kind of zombie of the reanimated flesh-eating corpse to try to uh, suggest a few, but I think people would know them. Things like uh, Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of the earliest uh, depictions of a flesh-eating zombie in color. Mm-hmm. There's also uh, Let Sleeping Corpses Lie, which is also called Living Dead right. at the Manchester Morgue. And then a lot of people talk about Italian zombie movies always name things like Zombie 2 or Lucio Fulci stuff. But what my all-time favorite Italian zombie movie is Burial Ground, and that's just over-the-top insane, uh, but a lot of fun at the same time. So Where's that from? Where's that? That's from roughly 1981 or so. It's also called The Knights of Terror. And, uh, you know, a lot of these movies where it's that thing, particularly in the 70s and 80s when they were uh, distributed all over the world and on videotape, they'd get 50 million different titles because every country that put them out would put them under a different title. So all these movies have so many titles. Mm. Uh, but Burial Ground is... You no, know, there's is, so many zombie movies out there. You yeah. hardly ever see them mention the word zombie in them. It's like in the world, they never heard of, they never heard of a zombie. Right, it's kind of odd. Dead, yeah. today. Walking Dead, zombie is a world where the concept of a zombie doesn't exist. Right. In fact, that's one of the things I keep mentioning. That new show, I Zombie, it's in its second season now. They decided to make it an actual point in their show that this is a show happening in the quote unquote real world. They know all about zombies. They know the word. Then the very talking about Night of the Living Dead, we talked about that same thing before. In the first episode of I Zombie, a character is watching Night of the Living Dead. They know all about zombies right. in pop uh-huh. culture, so they're aware of it. There's but a, there's yeah, a, most of the time it's there's not. A in movie there. I heard. There's a there's a movie that I heard about that's coming out that has zombies in it called I think a Scout's Guide a Scout's Guide to Zombie Apocalypse or something. Right, that's coming out. I heard about yeah. that. Yeah, it, it initially when it was being uh, advertised, I thought, oh, that sounds like it's one of the more kid-oriented ones, but apparently not. <laughs> it's a hard R, apparently. It's, it's, it's nuts. It's a scouting troop and strippers and a whole bunch of people <laughs> teaming up together to fight the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, it's played for laughs, but... Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a comedy. Yeah. You know, it, it is refreshing to read uh, a book 
or watch a movie that the characters already know from the beginning that, you know, they're going in, you know, something zombie-ish is happening. I just recently picked up uh, a book by Chris uh, Philbrook, and it's called Adrian's Undead Diary. And it starts, the guy understands, you know, I know what's happening around me. And and I appreciate that from, you know, the author that, that he started that way. You know, certainly that's not to say that I don't like any of the other books that don't do that because there are a lot of fantastic books that I've read that do but it was was refreshing to you know start reading this book. Oh yeah, with sure. that perspective. Sure. I think I think a lot of people also, particularly when you're a fan of something as wide ranging as this, that uh, even if it's something you you don't like, like we're talking about all these different versions of it, it's it's well worth the time to try to sample some other things sometimes too, because you might find some other stuff you really like. And I think when you're a fan, some people get so passionate about one version of something they tend to just dismiss. You know, I, I don't want to read that. They're not dead. That doesn't count. But there might be a lot of other things in that right, story right. you're going to enjoy. Mm-hmm. You know, and you can always go back to the stuff you love, but you can try, you know, something else. Point of view, so, yeah. One thing I remember seeing whenever I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, he is. Doctor, and, and you doctor, know what? And before, before I ask my question, if you listen to Doctor of the Dead, the way that he's ex- talking to us now, he each week he does Z Nation, uh, The Walking Dead. I mean, he breaks it down in detail to, to the. Yeah. To the pop culture to dude i love your show man i'm glued to it every week when it comes oh, out oh thank you but but well <coughs> I, i'm it's wonderful to hear i really appreciate that and yeah my god we have so yeah. much stuff to cover now <laughs> we got, we were talking about fear of the walking dead when that was on and ash versus evil dead is coming up mm. which i'm really excited about that's can you, fantastic uh, can you can you tell us what you felt uh, just very quickly about fear of the walking dead as a whole uh, um, a major misfire. Interesting. Yes. That, that, um, that, uh, just failed utterly to deliver on most of what they claimed the show was intended to deliver on. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that's not to say, <laughs> that's not to say that given the fact that because they're part of that brand and they have all that money and power behind it, that obviously they were already guaranteed a second year i think if that show existed without that branding or without that backing i can't imagine that show would ever have gotten a second season well what do you think is the biggest downfall i I thought skipping through the part that the whole series was about the actual outbreak that is that's exactly what we talked about on the doctor of the dead show exactly and the the one thing i want to counter here so for everybody listening is the criticism i had was never the most obvious criticism that most people kept saying online, which is it had nothing to do with the lack of zombies. I would mm-hmm. never point that out as a criticism because, yes, it was very clear the whole point of this was we're looking at the right. beginnings of that apocalypse. So naturally, you're not going to have many, and when you have it, it's sparing, and you're going to build to that. That was never the problem. The problem was the absence of any interesting story. There wasn't a single likable character except maybe Reuben Blades, who was really good. And you had a, an and a show that, like you just said, promised it was going to tell us the story of Rick's, you know, the time during Rick's coma and how everything fell. Well, the show actually had an episode that flashed nine days ahead past everything. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you, the by, fun by stuff. The, yeah. yeah, by the time you got to the end of the first run of Fear the Walking Dead, and and there's someone online uh, I have to name Jeremy Riddle who who uh, interacts with us a lot on the show and on Twitter and and he's done a lot of work online writing about uh, these shows. He once uh, 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 researched in really exhaustive detail, figured out the kind of timeline that went through Rick's coma and and how long that had to have been 
and uh, basically figured out that Fear of the Walking Dead has already passed the point where Rick woke up. If you right. if you really look mm. at what mm. the events are, so it it's just uh, it's bizarre to me too that a show that has The Walking Dead as its parent show and all those people also felt like a show that didn't have two dollars to spend on most of what it was supposed to do. Right. I expected to see the fall of Atlanta, or the well, in this case, the fall of Los Angeles, the fall of a big city, the collapse of our civilization. And halfway through that first season, we were told, "Oh, yeah, so that happened." So anyway, now right. let's follow this yeah. one family in a house. Now we're now we're going swimming and jogging and uh, yeah, dealing and with like the same military cliche again. Yeah, yeah and it just felt uh, it felt to that I if if it weren't for the fact that it was something I do, I would have turned off the first episode about fifteen twenty minutes in. Uh, and the final episode of the show, I have to give them credit, that, that yeah. sixth episode yes. I thought was very good. It I thought the bad. characters started to feel like characters I could care about, and it was not because zombies showed up. That's not uh, – it wasn't like, oh, well, zombies are here, so it's all good. It was that there was story and character finally. Mm-hmm. Um, but it took them six episodes to get to that, and that that's, just seems ridiculous. That's the thing. In the original Walking Dead, you liked Rick and Morgan in the first episode. Yeah, you already cared yes, about exactly. that. Exactly. And would you agree? Something I had a problem with is that everybody on the Fear of the Walking Dead sort of acted. They acted like they had watched the previous Walking Dead show. Like they <laughs> they already knew how zombies worked, and like, oh, it's a bite. Oh my god, he was bitten. Everybody, get away from him. It's you. They shouldn't know these things. It's like well, they, not it's weird. Yeah, not only that though, but the show was extremely um, uneven. In when its characters seemed to know something and when they didn't. Hmm. And you frequently had characters who are, after all, supposed to, as we were just talking about, theoretically, the Fear of the Walking Dead universe is one of those universes, again, because it's supposed to be the walking, same as the Walking Dead, in which there's apparently no zombie pop culture. So they don't have any background on what this would be. Right. And they're seeing this and they can't equate this, like, how could this be dead people? And they seem confused. And then within an episode or two, they're talking about, well, he's been bitten and this. And like you said, suddenly they seem to know rules, but they don't really have any basis for the rules. No, yeah, no context. Nobody explained. Like when the boyfriend comes in, he's sick. They walk in and he pulls his oh. shirt down. He has this bite on his neck. They're like, we got to get out of here. Well, and that's they, another thing. Oh, my what? God. That, that's another thing. That show, and, and I mentioned this to Jeremy Riddle. He's, he's another guy that uh, – thinks very much the same way I do about this aspect, which is that too much television, this has nothing to do with zombies, it's just drama on television. Too much television drama, it really counts for film too, depends on people not talking to one another. Right, right. A two-second conversation. Yeah, so much storytelling depends on people just not opening their mouths. And the sad truth, though, is that, well, people do do that. People don't say things. And and so communication is not necessarily just in the world of fiction that happens. But, you know, she's going crazy about her boyfriend. Could not one of them has said to her for two seconds, he's sick with something. We don't know what it is. It could be dangerous. Could you just back away? No, they don't say a word to her. So it just yeah. feeds yeah. into her wanting to stay with him. It's it's just, uh, it was a very frustrating right. show well, to watch. Well, well doctor, uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. And I was going to say, no, 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 one, no, of our no. host, you well, know, one of our hosts is Matt Moak. He, he comes on uh, about <laughs> once a month, and the last mm-hmm. time he was on was after the debut of Fear the Walking Dead. And, and he was really <laughs> pissed. I mean, if you go back and listen to that episode, you know, he, I mean, he, he calls, he calls, you know, a coward a coward pretty much. But, but, but he says, you know, he was upset that, that they, he said there should have been zombies in the finale. It should have been the build up. And then, you know, during that conversation, our very yep. old Ted, 
said that, you know, maybe it should have been a show about Jenner and the buildup, you know, the secrecy of the disease. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that the, CD, the CDC guy, I said, the guy that blew himself up in the CDC, they should have a show about him going around, like, cracking the case, what's going on, and then you kind of end, like, the sixth episode, he's like, it's like, we're, we're relocating you to the CDC, and then sure. that ties into it just, and just sort of show how behind the scenes the government knows something's going on. It builds up. And the final episode, he goes to the CDC and the thing gets out into the public. And, and again, and again yeah. I just want to clarify because unfortunately I feel you get defensive about it because you see a lot online. There's, there's that automatic um, uh, reactionary kind of thing that happens where people assume, oh, you, didn't, you just didn't like it because there wasn't any zombie action until the end. No, no that had nothing to do with it. I'm I'm an intelligent person. I'm well aware of the story we're supposed to be watching, and I understand that they're just going to be lightly featured in the beginning because we're watching the beginnings. Mm-hmm. It was not the absence of zombies. It was the absence of everything else. <laughs> that was the problem. And uh, and I just I, – I can't remember a time I've seen 90 minutes of television that did nothing more than that opening episode of Fear the Walking Dead. It was very disappointing. But having said that, like I said, that final episode – Maybe that's kind of where they should have started because all of a sudden it felt like things were starting to click right when they got to the end there. Mm-hmm. And uh, the thing is, the one thing they have to let go of though is maybe it will get better. Maybe that final episode of season one is an indicator that this group can uh, can improve the storytelling. But it's certainly not a prequel anymore. It's just Walking Dead Los Angeles. Right. Well, that's what I Which- want to ask you about. Like, Can it hold itself – now that it's just another Walking Dead, what's it going to tell that's different now? Like, well, the only thing it can do now, apart from the fact that it has a different group of characters, and that inherently means it's different because you've got different personalities. Even though a lot of the stuff is also very repetitive, mm-hmm. um, there's that implication that we're going to get on a boat and try to find yeah. an island, and and maybe some of the only stuff they can do really at this point is take advantage of the possibilities that different geography offers them to tell a story. Right. So they could spend a lot of that second season on the water, really. If they if if we could spend a whole year on the farm on The Walking Dead, oh. I think they see, could spare some time on Fear the Walking Dead to see what happens <laughs> on a boat. See, I think I think the boat potential that has potential because yeah, if they could do a whole season literally on the ocean, you could have zombies coming out of the, the sea. You, you could have other ships, find, like yeah. you know, another ship that's like abandoned, like we gotta go check it out. It's full of zombies. You got you got those pirate zombies from Pirates of the Caribbean show up. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, this is it, there's it's it, you have a uh, uh, kraken. It just I'd like kraken. a kraken. A zombie kraken shows up. I would like to see the possibility of a herd. Now that we've seen so much of The Walking Dead about herds, one thing that Fear the Walking Dead could do, uh, particularly in the immediate outbreak with so many people turning. And so you got a huge city's worth of people that turned and maybe roaming around would be what if an entire herd just headed to the to the shore and marched right out into the ocean, which means there could be hundreds of them just standing under the surface of the water. So there's a, some great set pieces you could do with a bunch of submerged zombies who obviously don't need to breathe and could function just fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, will they do that? I don't know. I mean, it seems like Fear the Walking Dead was not a show that was really all that adventurous either. So uh, we'll see what happens. But it, it certainly didn't uh, give me any faith that this could possibly develop into the same kind of storytelling that The, the right. Walking Dead does. 
Uh, I certainly think that show is, is light years ahead of what Fear the Walking Dead is, but so, we'll I mean, see what happens. Hopefully season two will come out with a bang. But I enjoyed it. I really did. Yeah. But I understand all, what everybody has said. You know, yeah, we debated it and debated it and debated it, but hopefully season two of Fear the Walking Dead will be a lot better. You know, once again, you know, the hot mom, you know, sucks me in. The hot ladies, <laughs> doctors, the hot ladies, man. Maybe I need to see a doctor. Well, there you go. So you've got something to focus on. That's all that matters. That'll, that'll right, bring right. you back. So, so, Doctor, you know, yeah. it could not be a more perfect time to have you on than the episode that we got last night from The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. And, oh, my and it, God. It was yeah, uh, episode was... two, season six, episode two. Uh, was it JSS was the name of it? And, JSS. Uh, just yep. just survived and one thing somehow. That, that I want to point out <laughs> is I think this is the first time we've been in two different locations of The Walking Dead and got the same set. Matt and Ted, did you recognize, you know, we were on a set of The Walking Dead. We were at Woodbury and Alexandria and all that, Doctor. But there's a... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear you, Can Ted. you hear me now? Yes. Yep. But, yeah. Does that... Wait, real quick. Does that bad. sound okay or is that bad? Okay. Yeah, it's a lot got of a lot of air coming through. It does. Feels like a nice freeze, though. <laughs> well, I do have, uh, I do have an, air, an air conditioner, I could turn that off. Yeah, I probably. Think that would help. Probably. Just yep. don't melt over there in your 120 degree. It's finally weather. under 112 out here. It's like a lot of ambient noise. It doesn't sound good. But, but but that's good, Ted. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Can you hear me yeah. now? Can you hear now? me? Can you hear me now? <laughs> My headset's being a being a butthole. Oh, it's Aww. Being a sh- Don't be ashamed. Yeah. Okay, anyway, I'm here. Let's talk. Okay. Uh, yeah. It, you know, what I was asking was, you know, the first time I think we've seen two different settings of The Walking Dead, but a same set piece as, you know, Doctor, you know, me, Matt, and Ted went to Woodbury last year at Walker Stalker. We went down to Sonoy, uh-huh. and, you know, Sonoy. right at the bottom of the hill of Woodbury, you walk across the street, and there's Alexandria. You know, we saw the gates, the churches, uh-huh. the houses, Rick's house, all the stuff, all the reels from the film and crew, and, you know, got to see it in person. But but if you walk down the, the street of Woodbury to the very bottom, and you walk to the right, and around on the back side of that last building, which I think is uh, uh, the building to where the governor was in with the head tanks, you know, that big brick building. But, but if you walk around to the back, mm-hmm. is the set for the torture chamber of where Merle was torturing Glenn. And and on the side of that oh, okay, torture right. thing, there is a dirt brick wall, which we started with last night on The Walking Dead. Did you notice that, Matt and Ted? Ah. Very interesting, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Give me two seconds, but, uh, keep talking. But, but if I you did watch not the very opening scene, you know, you know what was her name? Enid? Enid, yes, you know, we, we kind of got a brief yeah, story right. of her past, uh, and it showed her, you know, to where she was with her mm-hmm. parents. Uh, you know, her parents were trying to fix, uh, it was like a maybe a Ford Explorer type uh, SUV car. Uh, I guess the dad was, you know, working on the motor and all, and then the zombies came, and then you show her looking out of this window, and you know, and the zombies are there eating eating her mm-hmm. mom and dad. So bloody, which is very very sad. But that right. brick wall, you know, there's like a mud wall right there. On that very opening scene, mm-hmm. you know, th- that's, that was the set for the torture chamber where, you know, 
I guess you got to go back and watch it whenever uh, whenever <laughs> Merle w- was uh, torturing Glenn, and we thought that Maggie yeah. was going to get raped. But, uh, but it was weird. Me, Ted, and Matt were standing mm-hmm. at that wall because that was the torture chamber. And now, you know, it's the, it's the Enid scene mm-hmm. to where her parents were being eaten. Did you you didn't notice that, Matt? Oh, they doubled it so, up. No, I didn't. No, that no, that that totally got past me too. I did not notice I, the similarity. Well, I've got, I've got some pictures that, uh, that, uh, that I'll show, shoot you guys. I know we have pictures standing at that wall, uh, but you know that that's like it, it's weird how Doctor how everything is so close there because, like I said, you got Woodbury across the street. Oh, yeah, it, sure. It is Alexandria? It's, you know, a street over is like the Pudding House, and you know Merle's last drink. You know, it's all within a square <laughs> mile. Yeah, where, where they ate the pudding. It, it yeah, was like a Carl street over from that uh, where <laughs> we were at. <laughs> but, but, you know, but, but we got a lot of, yeah, but, but like you know, we, we got a, a kind of a. That sounds like a good franchise. But, they need to open those. Just, you know, you go like, where are you going to, well, I got to get home, but I'm going to stop at the Puddin' House first. Well, it's going to be Carl's <laughs> Puddin' House. Yeah, oh yeah, no, it'd have to be Carl's, and the logo would also have the the hat sort of tilted, you know, on, yeah. on a big vat of pudding, and that would be perfect. <laughs> With a hole through part Could of it. Could be the a whorehouse. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, wasn't that, wasn't that, <laughs> not even going there. That's <laughs> that basketball player, Lamar Odin, or whatever his name is, found at the put. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> What's that guy's name? I just keep hearing about some guy found at a found in a whorehouse. Uh, I don't know. But, but uh, we, we, we got kind of a, a a pre story of Enid, and you know, like I said, you know, her her, her family was working on yeah. the car. Then they eventually got eight. Uh, she was struck in fear, hiding behind the board in the woods from the zombies. Uh, and and then we saw her almost feasting mm-hmm. on a turtle, the way that we saw her parents being feasted on. I felt yeah. so bad for that turtle. It was such a shame. Yeah, they, little turtle, little turtle. How did that turtle do to deserve Doc, that? That was the home of the terrapins. Didn't that break your heart just a little bit? <laughs> it was just sad, and yet it, and yet it was, you know, makes sense. It's a nice little self-contained meal right there, but uh, but raw though, would that be a smart thing to do? Yeah, that did seem a little odd, and uh, well, you know, I still have a lot of questions yeah, about Enid. Yeah, me too. It, so. yeah, I, I think she's, I think she's the wolves or something. Don't trust her at all. One, one line we we actually called out on on Doctor of the Dead was um, there's that weird moment where she's sitting with Carl in the house, and she refers to all the weak spots that that Alexandria's yes. too big to protect, and there are weak spots all around. She said that's why we were able to. Yes, the weak. And then in it there. stopped. And the thing is, on the show, we talked about, Ooh. well, that could just mean her referring to how she used to sneak out. Yeah. But I think she's connected to the wolves. Yes. So Well, she that's... also, you notice she also, for some reason, had that big thing of keys. I think she let them in. Well, that, yes. That's, yes, that's exactly that's right. Morgan sees the gate that's just wide open. It wasn't forced open right. or anything. It was just wide right. open. I see a Carl Enid uh confrontation in the future what about morgan though I, I i got the impression he was part of the wolves for a little bit and then defected yeah. no no it, he it, the the time we saw him interact with the, that particularly that one guy that saw him again mm-hmm. they had uh, attacked him while he was just traveling but he also there was a moment there was like oh you live here now yeah like there was a moment of recognition between well i two. think i think that's because they're yeah. referring to that time that they met him on the road yeah. that, was that, that the same guy that would make that's sense right that was from when they encountered him on the road. So that was a reference back to that. Okay. And, um, and yeah, I just uh, – I have, I have issues right. with Morgan what, what, now too. What, 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 you, 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 
Yeah. Superstar Ninja Man. Superstar. He's wonderful. Yeah, he just has to wake up to the reality yeah, well, of the world. Well, let me ask you, Doc. You, you know, you, you're Superstar. the guest of honor uh, tonight. Superstar. All right, we, we started with the Enid backstory. Uh, then, it, then it goes <laughs> to The Walking Dead. Me, honestly, you know, what, you know, they, they got to where Carol was talking. They were talking about baking, and she was talking, you know, I like to use the goods that nobody likes to use. That way I can, you know, make the things that I want, you know, and they got they done the smoking story. And then, you know, we got the haircut story. Doctor, did you did you think we were getting a filler episode after the ending of last week? I mean, what what was your oh. thoughts the first ten minutes? Oh, no. Well, I, I it it felt very much like exactly what it turned out to be. I mean, it seemed like what we were. I mean, I wasn't I wasn't necessarily expecting the level yeah. of carnage and and how <laughs> insane it was going to get. But the point was, it very much felt, particularly since we knew we were stepping back from before the horn. We knew that you know all hell was going to break loose, so it was clearly just that thing of establishing the quiet, and and then later on, of course, it was also a nice scene because it introduced us to at least a few of those women that Carol then has to either see or encounter again throughout the episode, and it carries a little more meaning that way. We mm-hmm. see the one who's smoking go down, and then yeah. when he has, she has to kill Aaron on the steps. So, yeah. You know, it was, yeah. it's funny because at that point where she sees the woman, you know, going out and smoking, I said, did she not understand what Carol just told her? And then like two <laughs> seconds later, I was like in shell shock. I'm like, oh, my gosh. You know, like yes. it was so well done. It was brilliant yeah. the way it started. Yes. The whole I just thought that moment that and I said, oh, it's turning like that. I was just like yeah. stuck to my seat. Like I just. Yeah. Whoa! I was just zombified at that. Oh, it was it was one of the most like uh, can't catch your breath kind of episodes I've seen yeah. them do in a very long yeah. time. And gory, but, but, extremely. Well, yeah, and, and that's the other thing: the gore and the brutality feels even more. Uh, it shakes you even more when you realize it's just it's just human on human yes. violence. There is there the walkers are incidental. There's none of that. Huh. It's just crazy people. And there was one scene in particular. One of them just looked so happy and wild eyed. While they're mm-hmm. killing somebody, and it's a level of uh, ferociousness to it that that really got under your skin. And well, it's, uh, it's violence with intelligence, right? It's, it's yes, yes. Want to kill people? Yes. It knowing that, the, yeah, knowing that those are people who are hacking other people, mm-hmm. and, and that you can't dismiss it by saying, "Oh, there's a monster there." That that's truly horrific in a way that I think this show has rarely been. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing, too, is they didn't – it's not like the governor's people where they just would go shoot somebody. They would hack them to pieces with an axe. Yes. And they yes. just hacking them, and then they cut their arms and legs off just to yes. just you know, giggle. Yeah, you know, I, was I was guest insane. on uh, the Walker yeah. Stalkers podcast last night, and they had Aaron's boyfriend, uh, oh, the yeah, guy sure. Aaron. Is it, ain't that his name, the, the photograph guy? Uh, but – Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but his boyfriend was on the Walker Stalkers last night, and I was telling him, I was like, you know, I've never seen violence like this on TV. I was like, you know, you see violence in movies, but you know, this is the type of violence that I saw last night was maybe I saw it on maybe a prison documentary on HBO of somebody just stabbing somebody and stabbing them and stabbing them. And, and, and it's <laughs> That's almost a like good they, point. They, yeah. they took real life documentaries because you know there was this one prison documentary that I saw a while back and it was on HBO but there was this guy that stabbed a guy and he was just sitting there and just stabbing him in his head over and over and over and I was like man the guy I mean he's not even twitching he's mm-hmm. dead and the guy's just stabbing him stabbing him but I mean it was real vulgar brutality yeah. but, but you know James on Walker Stalkers you know thought that it was just mild violence last night but I think it was over the top goodness violence I yeah no I think it was I think it was yeah I, I, I couldn't possibly I mean that's fine 
people have different opinions, that's fine. But sure, I, I thought it was um, unbelievable how far it went. And, and again, it, it's the fact that when the show first started, and I've often done this in, in class and, and elsewhere, as you know, I always talk about the, the first scene of the first episode ever with uh, Annie Miller's you know, little girl zombie and the fact mm-hmm. that in those first five minutes, the show had to stake its claim early on and tell people watching, this is the kind of show you're going to watch. This is what we're going to do. This is what AMC is going to allow us to do. And in the years after that, they continued to push boundaries. The network was obviously fine with it because of the success they had, but with last night's episode and yes we've also had human on human violence in the show before but there's oh, there's usually that that fictional distance you can get from it by saying well look at all the gore and, and brutality but there's a walker involved there's a zombie yeah. involved but with this there's no shielding you from what looks like completely realistic violation of human beings by other mm-hmm. human beings mm-hmm. and and i think you're i think this really i i i mean obviously we're not watching all the television but how many other shows is it likely on you know a commercial station that would yeah. ever show anything like that or <laughs> yeah. has shown something like that i think i think walking dead yeah walking dead and if you watch american horror story and this year american horror story is like gotten to a ridiculous level of what they're showing. They show in Hannibal too. They show things that are more violent. Yeah. Hannibal is Hannibal is rough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For a okay. network show. I don't know how they get away with some of the stuff they show. Sure. Like American Horror Story will show like well they had a scene the other day that was a straight up like I'm just gonna say it a, a brutal ass raping. Oh. And it's on FX prime time. Like how is this even on sure. television? Well, I mean, you have these shows now that, you know, and and there's a whole other conversation you could obviously have about, you know, what's this say about our culture and is it right or wrong? But the just from the point of view of the, what we're talking about, like a show that we enjoy watching, like The Walking Dead, there are these shows that have certainly earned a certain place where they've demonstrated that they can tell a meaningful story by using this kind of content. And, of course, you could still argue whether you think that's right or not. But obviously after you know it's into its sixth year, The Walking Dead has demonstrated over the course of many years that it uses gore and violence as a way of making a statement right. about certain things. And it seems to have earned its right to keep pushing those boundaries. And, and I think it's gone almost further than it's ever gone before. And the interesting thing I would say about it too is you frequently see all the pundits and everybody go nuts online and on television about, you know, is this what we want our children watching? Is this, I haven't seen much in the way of a lot of reaction to this episode. Yep. uh, Which, which actually surprises me a little bit, but I think people just realize this is what the show deals with. Yeah. At this point, if you're shocked, then that's up, that's on you, not the show. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's right. Yeah. I have a seven year old daughter. A uh, nine-year-old son and a, a thirteen-year-old <laughs> son, but I mean, you know, it, it's TV fourteen. Yeah, you know, I was raised on zombies. I was raised on trust. And you know, I know right from wrong. Yeah, I, I was raised good, not sheltered or anything like that. I mean, we watch it as a family, but it, well, that's yeah. watching it together though. And 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 you talk about the show, and you all enjoy the show, so that's different, you know, because it, it's it's all balanced that way. There are people that might sit a child in front of something that's inappropriate for them without communication. But that's different. So, Sean, didn't you say your daughter woke up screaming in bloody agony no, last night? No, it was a no, nightmare no. From the show? They actually sh- oh, no. Yeah. Hey, I can well, still well, do that. So that's feel me last night, Doctor. All right, I, I'm watching it. The nine o'clock showing here on the East Coast, right? 
Uh, you know, you, you kind of get that slow yeah. start, and then you get the, the machete scene, and it cuts to commercial. I think maybe the third the oh, third yeah. violent scene that we saw was you saw a guy in the distance, and he was just swinging like a bat. Bam! Bam! Just, just beating this guy's head in. Yeah. And, you know, Ted's on West Coast. Matt Norman watch it the next day. And I, I'm in chat like, uh-huh. uh, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And, and, and you know, I, you know before, before like, I saw the dog, I was like, man, somebody's taking over this town, man. I was like, are we going to see a leather jacket tonight? Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't know. But, but, but I, 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 I should have <laughs> messaged you, doctor. I, you know, you're my, you're my, my leeway now. You know, I'm, I'm going to start you know, talking to you during The Walking Dead. Because, like I said, Ted, Ted sees it at midnight. But, and Norma and uh, Matt sees it on Monday. So, man, I, dude, I, I was freaking out. I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then, you know, it, it got worse and worse and worse. <laughs> you know, and then even. Oh, well, you said that, yeah, Sean. And, uh, Hello? Oh, uh, you said that about Negan, Sean. And I, I don't think the wolves and Negan are related. And my only thing is. Negan isn't savage, and I don't know, um, Doctor, if you if you read the comics as well. But hello? oh, I, I did for a long time. I haven't stayed. Oh, we're here. Um, hello, we're here. Oh, yeah, sorry, we're just all breaking here. up. Okay, okay, no. Uh, yeah, of, what I was saying, is, up happening. I'm here, so they're going to be like battle Recording. back and forth. So it's it's going to be the an intense so, episode. Yeah, yeah. The thing I was so impressed by with this too is that this is. One of the things I've always said about the show that I love is the fact that this show has always experimented with all different kind of ways of telling storylines in a nonlinear way. Like even with the Enid flashback, they'll do flashbacks that set up something later. They'll, uh, to me, one of my favorite parts of the whole series was the second half of season four, where everybody's all split up, but it was all united by them finding their way to the train tracks. Yes. But it was all these interconnecting stories. And now with this... It's an event that's so huge and taking place over a period of time that it looks like we're not even getting the full scope of everything that's happening until at least the third episode. So between the premiere and last night and then episode three, that's encompassing this entire event of the siege on Alexandria. And, of course, the walkers haven't even arrived yet. By the, you know, we, we just got to the horn halfway through episode two again. So this is uh, a massive uh interconnected little bit of storytelling that I think is just brilliant where over the course of several episodes we're getting this one huge event taking place and all these different groups of people that are experiencing it from different points of view it's amazing and mm-hmm. and uh, it's like watching a feature film every week and and sometimes you could say that it's a little overdone but I think in this case it, it certainly that opener felt like a movie so uh, I got a, uh, I got a very question for you doctor Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I want to throw off something that I was, well, I, was saying, I got a question right, right quick yeah, no, I'm recording. Start recording now. Yeah, yeah we're recording. Recording? but I got a question okay. from Old okay. Linus from Michigan from Epic Eric Doctor. And, and I we we all kind of know one of them, but he said but he says what was the significance yeah. of JSS and the Red A? And I think JSS was just Well, the The JSS was Enid's little mantra for herself as she was trying to survive after the death of her parents. And, of course, we see her, you know, forming the letters. I, I personally thought that that part of it was a little uh, melodramatic yeah, and cheesy. Yeah, yeah it's – it's. I, I mean, the problem is, of course, it, it, I, I don't think there's 
I don't think there's any problem with critiquing any aspect of something, especially things you love. You should you still you can't give anything a pass. You still should be able to critique when things don't work, and and there can always be the counter argument like like uh, yeah you're watching a show with zombies you got a problem with that yes but the point is the show has a certain level of reality to it even with the craziness that's in there and her behavior with those letters it just seemed kind of odd to me um that, that go ahead sorry i just want no to no 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 I, go ahead i was just gonna say i don't know if anybody noticed a little detail but with those letters you know when she arrives to the town it shows her writing it on her finger and like Two seconds later, she looks grittier and darker, and the JSS is very apparent. Like, she, it was not – her first encounter with the gate was not the exact time that she walked through. Did you notice that yeah. detail? Yeah, 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 which, which may lend a little credibility to some of the other things we're thinking about her, too, and, and her – Apologize. One minute. Skype. Skype. Right, yeah, yeah. On the show. Sorry, about that. we had a hiccup, guys. We lost the doctor to the zombies, guys. We lost the doctor. No, we bring all zombie cast and he gets eaten. Well, I think someone at Microsoft is. We a lost the doctor to the Star That's Wars right. apocalypse. Yeah, we need to That's talk to these people because we lost a really good member here. Maybe we can yeah. piece them back together again, though. We I always have science. Shot him in the foot. <laughs> well, I, I had a, Shane, I had something I wanted to say. What's the matter with you? He was on. I wanted to say what I thought was going to happen i was i was like 110 percent positive this was going to happen and it didn't okay. happen last night Tell i us. thought carol was dressed up as one of the wolves you know oh, hello there during people there hey, hey all right oh, shit. how did I that just, happen i just tried uh, the insane called, thing of just called calling me, somebody and then i added him to the group okay go ahead go ahead Oh, I had, a, I had a theory of what was going to happen last night, and it didn't happen. I was thinking Carol was running around with a mask on, the W on her forehead, with the hood on, killing you know people running around. I was like, what is going to freaking happen here is Rick is going to show up at the very oh, end killer. and blow Carol's brains out. I was really worried about that. Thinking she's one of the wolves, he's going to shoot her, and that's going to be how this episode ends. And he's going to realize, oh my god, I just killed Carol. And I, think, happen, I, I think one of the wor- one of the craziest things about the episode, in a way, was that she didn't suffer any repercussions for looking exactly like the people that were attacking them. Yeah, I mm. totally thought that was coming. It seemed almost obvious to me that it was. And then when she sat happen. down on the stairs, it could still happen. When, when she sat down on the stairs and took the mask off, started smoking, and took that off, I was like, "Oh, well, that's not going to happen. She's out of costume. The threat is over. It's not going to happen." Yeah, How well, beautiful was that scene, though, when she? had to stick the knife in her friend's hand, arms as she's dying. And yeah. you see in the background the wolves just running. Mm-hmm. And she's got like this this little moment just to herself where she feels like my world is caving in, but she's still like protected in that little second. Mm-hmm. That was just such a, such a beautiful little moment there. Well, like, I, I could also... hear like an opera in the back- background playing. <laughs> I also loved her crying at the end too because one of the things I think is always an unfair commentary on her character is that she's gone too far. Yes. I, yeah. I think Carol's a character that knows exactly the world she's living in and has had to become the person she needs to be. But I like that little reminder that we know, yes, yeah, she still has a heart. She's still a human being in there. But she just has to keep that contained when it's important. And I like seeing that little glimpse that you know she still she still feels. So I just think a lot, I see a lot of people criticize the character, like oh she's so cold now. No, she's practical, mm-hmm. and and well, that's you know. 
they had that they had that little moment though right near the beginning where the the boy was the, the boy she threatened yes. so horribly last year is sitting there and he's crying and says <laughs> yeah your dad she's like your dad's dead he used to beat you get over it yeah yeah I I I just love Carol's approach to everything now which well the thing is in a way I I also have this thing going on I didn't mention this before where um as uh, someone uh, I know somebody who, who never watched the show before ever and uh, when. Uh, they started doing their zombie apocalypse week in the lead up to the premiere. We DVR'd the entire series. And for the first time ever, I'm nice. rewatching the entire show from episode one in order. And we've been just binge watching for the last couple of weeks. And we're up to mid season four now. And by the way, I don't recommend that because it, it'll, <laughs> it'll put you in a fetal position for a week after. <laughs> so. well, yeah. but, but we're doing that. No, but I was going to say we're doing that, and of course we're up to uh, Carol starting to uh, deal with Lizzie and Mika. And it was interesting that seeing these things in parallel, she was like that with Lizzie, where she's like, you know, your father's dead and you're weak. You've got to be strong. And of course we know how that wound up. Yeah. So in a way I'm worried about this boy. I don't think that's the story they're going to tell again. I think that would be way too repetitive. But the thing is, she's done that before, and it doesn't work with everybody. And with children, it may be that you know that's that's not the right play. But she's still doing that. She's still doing the same thing, where it's like you've got to be strong. Just drop it. And you know, maybe not. Maybe that's not the way everybody can respond. So mm-hmm. I don't know what's going to happen with that kid, but we'll mm-hmm. see. Yeah, that, dude, that's that's true. That's true. What what about the scene to where? Whenever, the, whenever she was uh, dressed up like the wolves and she was pulling, uh, uh, God, what's his name with a stick? I, my mind's blank. Morgan. When, whenever, Morgan. And she was pulling Morgan behind her as if he was a prisoner, and he went to help Father Gabriel. I like the scene, dude, and I thought it was pretty intense whenever Carol walked to the building and shot the three people, the sound of the gunfire, the, you know, the, the perception <laughs> of, of the gun. I mean, it was so realistic looking, pow, 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 you know, and – I think that that was just shot real realistic and very well. Oh, is it some excellent stuff in in terms of just visuals in this episode? Yeah, and like I was saying before about it being like a film, the show has always looked good, but I don't know these first two episodes of season six right out of the gate, everything just looks just it's, it's a weird cool. word to use, but it looks beautiful. I mean, it just looks lit. Everything, it just looks like the direction and everything in general just looks excellent. So I think, I, I'm glad you said direction because I find the direction on these last two episodes has just been a step up, just in yeah. the way that the sequential, uh, the scenes that are being ordered, the the shots that they're taking, just even like they're trying some new things on the show, which is interesting. Yeah, and, and that I, was Gen- Jennifer Lynch, by the way, directed JSS. Okay, and, and she's she's worked on the show before, and she's David Lynch's daughter. And uh, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, so a nice little connection. But she's uh, she's worked on um, – she did uh, – I'm actually double-checking, so don't think I know this off the top of my head. But, <laughs> uh, she did spend back in season five. Uh, she did the one that uh, that had the, uh, the tragic uh, um, revolving door scene with Noah. Right, mm. right, right, right. So she, she's worked she on the show before. Is what you're saying. Huh? She likes brutality. <laughs> yes. Apparently so. She knows how to grab it right by the throat. Well, well let me ask you yeah. guys. Well, we've got a lot of flaws this week. One is, is who's Deanna? But Deanna, you know, she, she does not want to help. <laughs> she's outside the gate. She, she's not a leader like she was portrayed to be. I mean, I, I think she's a weasel. She's a coward. Her son is the same way. I, 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 I would expect that he would die 
probably this episode uh, coming up. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I can't but see how he can last long. Really pretty quick. Yeah, we talked about it on our, our show. I, I have no patience for Ron's uh, angsty garbage right now. This mm-hmm. <laughs> he can't really get away with that kind of thing. Um, it's just it's just a waste. Although I will say about Deanna, the thing about Deanna, of course, is she did just have her husband and you know, brutally murdered right. in front of her, and and, and yeah, and and uh, I I think she's just going through a similar thing like we saw Rick go through in past, uh, like when Lori died, she's she shut down. Right, Maggie's right. trying to reach her, you know, and trying to bring her back in the same way. Again, we're seeing like these things echo. Some people sometimes complain like Walking Dead repeats, and it, it's true in a way that there are only a certain number of stories you can tell. But it's also sometimes interesting to see the stories play out the same story, but let's shift it to a different character and see mm-hmm. how they deal with it. And with Deanna, they're taking her character through a lot of the same things Rick went through after Lori's death. Can you come back and be a leader again? We want you to step up. And that's what Maggie's trying to do, the way Herschel did that with Rick. So the question, of course, is will Deanna respond to that? Will she step up? Right, right. And what would you think that I, we will have people to blame? One Aaron, you know, he can kind of be blamed because he lost his bag with the photographs, and then Morgan. I think he's going to feel guilty. Yeah, Morgan could have yeah, took care uh, of these guys. You know, so they, you know, they would have never came if Morgan would have killed him and not been the nice guy. I, I, I was kind of sick of Morgan this episode. I don't, I didn't understand him. I, 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 yeah, I, 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 I was like, he needs to die. I, yeah, <laughs> I was really frustrated with him. Poor Morgan, I think Morgan is in. He's in between. Like he knows. Yes. That this is not a kind world, but he's trying to still find that stability of oh. being human. But he, I think he's just conflicted. Well, I, I didn't get what I wanted to say is like, Morgan. What frustrated me is when the people show up and he says, we don't have to shoot these people. And I'm like, you know, you have like the governor's people. Those were normal, nice people who were just kind of yes. led astray. They, were, they, they, they thought they were doing the right things. The governor had just told them these people were just – these were like an army of Jason Voorhees' attacks. Yes, they're insane. So you, can't, you can't reason with these people. You have no. to kill them. You have to kill them. There's no reasoning and there's no redeeming them. And and Morgan's approach it, it is frustrating, particularly after we like we waited all last year and it was such a wonderful tease throughout. Like, oh, we're getting Morgan back, and unfortunately, what they seem to be doing with Morgan, at least initially, is that they're putting him. Well, of course, the other thing is they're putting him in one of the weakest positions the show ever has. Whenever you have a character that's the moral compass, you know that person's clock is ticking. Yeah, he's also black, mm-hmm. you know, and, and he's a black <laughs> character. And, and I I would certainly hope that the show is learned enough at this. point. Point to not keep going down that <laughs> oh, road no. and force this horrible pattern they have, which is a very obvious pattern, unfortunately. At this point, they can't claim ignorance what? about it either because No, <laughs> no, because it's come up. But yeah. and, and I love and I love the actor and I love Morgan as a character and he's been interesting over the years. It's amazing that a character that's appeared so little can be so important to us and we love seeing him come back. But right now, he's just taking the wrong approach. And and I love that we talked about it on our show. I love that last shot of uh, Morgan and Carol walking toward each other, but then taking opposite paths to do that. Could Morgan be the next Herschel? You know how well, Herschel, Herschel seemed end. to advise. Well, yes, so he did kill the guy, right? He he sort of came to his senses, like, mm-hmm. "Okay, I see what you're saying," and he killed that guy. Think he, he did, and yeah, and I think that uh, I think that was a moment of of us supposedly seeing that you know this is Morgan saying, "Okay, you, you've pushed me, and and you've given me no, no option," but it seems like still. Uh, he's 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 got the sort of mindset where it's like, well, you have to push me as far as possible before I'll make this choice. Yeah, and you really can't be that way in that world. Not with people like these. 
like you yeah. pointed out, was very true. These are not people you can reason with. So it's it's the same as facing a walker. You've just got to put them down. There's nothing you can do. I hope that we don't see Morgan just wind up being in Herschel's position as the conscience for Rick, who mm-hmm. then winds up dying as a result of that. So I did want to make a quick observation that all of this chaos took uh, 15 minutes, according to their little timer in the kitchen. The casserole. <laughs> yes. Did you guys catch? I mean, you catch yes. it at the end, but... I mean, I when as soon as I saw that timer, I'm like, oh, I know this timer is going to be really important. But in all the chaos, I forgot about that moment until it came right back to it at the end. 45 minutes. I nice to remember enough to make sure, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so do you think next week, do you think that we'll see Rick, will he reach Alexandria, or are we going to get an offset? And the reason that I asked, Doctor, you know, we've always talked here on ZombieCast. You know, if, if the cast members are not on the show... Is that money saved, or do the cast members still get paid? Or you, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, will we not see Carol next week, and maybe a bigger budget for bigger zombies next week? Maybe just Rick in the woods running from the zombie horde. Well, it does look like we're gonna we're gonna switch focus again to the people outside the the, the Alexandria zone and see what was going on there. But I, I mean, unless they keep it going even further, the impression I get is we're gonna now close in this story and see that group come in in time for the Walker siege on the town. But then again, given how enormous this set of events is, I guess it's distinctly possible it could carry on into a fourth week, this this one continuous sequence of events. And yeah. you know, to be honest, it, as long as it doesn't feel like it's padding, and it certainly hasn't in two episodes so far, uh, for all we know, we could be seeing a significant portion of the beginning of the season just being this one extended sequence of events, and, and they could certainly pull it off. It'll be interesting to see how far it goes. You know what I think would be interesting to do, and I, I thought this, here's how they deal, this would be a great way for everything to come together. Mm-hmm. They find out about what the wolves did, yada, yada, yada. They figure out where the wolves are, and how this storyline ends is, you just have a shot at Daryl rides over the hill right to like the wolves camp. <laughs> They're like, "What the fuck?" And he drives off, and they just led the entire herd. That oh, awesome. that's a beautiful idea. I yeah, love and, that. And, and the last scene is the herd just ravaging through there and killing. That's I thought that would be a cool be awesome. title. That's that's fantastic. You know they they got that whole herd moving. They might as well make use of them if they can. Lead them right. We were talking last week about what if the herd, what if they let that herd go next to like a nice group of people somewhere? So yes. have, have them let it go right by right like they come and say we figured out where the wolves are and they just lead them right to their gate and leave them there and that's how the storyline ends. Isn't hmm. there a an episode where we see like the wolves are like leading uh, zombies into uh, the back of a truck trailer? Because yes. when they when they crash that truck trailer, I was confident that zombies were going to start spilling out from the back of those. Yeah, things. that's like the, yeah. The, we did see that they were keeping they've been keeping walkers in in uh, trailers. Yeah, so we did see that, and they obviously are used to using them in one way or another. All right. Um, so, yeah, it's a possibility. All right, all right, I'm going to predict this. This is what I think. I think that, uh, you know, Morgan let the one group leave with the gun. I think that they're going to get Daryl Dixon because we did see that short clip, uh, you know, back during the break of where Norman Reedus was tied up to a tree and the like yeah. people were beating him. So I, I think that the that's Wolves right. are going to get Daryl Dixon, run off with him with a gun, and then that's going to create a new story with the Wolves and, and Daryl Dixon, awesome. uh, yeah. you know, at them, but but uh, you know, 
I know we got to wrap up soon. There's another show coming up, and we, we had some downfalls with Skype. But I wanted to ask all you guys one thing, and, and this is a spoiler that I'm talking about, and I'm talking about issue 100 with The Walking Dead, uh, you know, the first <laughs> appearance of Negan. Do you guys, and this is a spoiler if you don't want to know about Negan and, and, and the baseball bat and the person that dies, so go ahead and tune out now. But this is an honest <laughs> question. Do you think that they would allow Negan to kill Glenn? Or do you think it would be another character? Can I, I was getting at this earlier. I don't think the wolves and Negan have are connected. No, 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 no. I, yeah. I don't either, Matt. Last night, whenever, okay. I, whenever I said Negan, that was before I saw the W. I was just jumping in chat like, "Holy cow!" Well, yeah. the other, I, I the other thing to keep in mind about the connection is it doesn't mean the TV show might not connect them. Yeah, well, because Negan. they might grab bits and pieces as they've done before with different aspects of the comic and do their own. Thing so that so it's possible. I can, I'm kind of excited about that only because Negan I love because he was what Rick could be. Like Negan right. wasn't. Right. He's not exactly a brutal masochistic guy uh, who's like who's like the wolves, but he's he's a very mean guy who gets whatever needs to be done done right. So if, if they connected him to the wolves, I kind of be like that takes away from his character a little oh, bit. It's a little that. too sure. That makes yeah. Sense. But my, yeah. But my question is, do you think? That they would Glenn. defer Glenn and and have the bat scene with somebody else. I have. Wow, I'm really worried about Glenn this year. Yeah. You know, so and he's last, my favorite week. character. I I I think I may have mentioned that here once or twice before. But if they were to do that, would I stop watching? No. Well, so, here's here's a couple factors. They they love playing with the audience. And last year they did that episode where uh, they found the bat. Yeah, mm-hmm. yes. and, and mm-hmm. they mentioned the bat last week yeah. again. Rick said, "Okay, Glenn, use your bat." He brought yeah, it up. and and Glenn got caught on wire. And there's like these little touches, like, "Hey, we know what you're thinking." And then and and the thing is, we were just talking about moral compass characters. Glenn is still one of the 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 nicest characters on the show with a good heart, and he's lasted the longest of any of those kind of characters. And it worries me. Because now that we've gotten to this point, it's very possible. And in addition, the season premiere did kind of hint at the idea that Maggie's pregnant. In which case, I would think they would then feel justified. Because if Glenn died before that, it would be like Maggie had nothing left, but she'll have the baby. Right. Right. Which can sort of justify. I mean, not that any loss of a major character, you know, viewers would ever think is justified. But in terms of writing, it sort of justifies killing off Glenn because you could say, well, now she won't have lost anything. She'll have the baby and sort of a part of him still with her. So all those things together make me really, really worried because I don't want to see him leave. But then again, the other thing, too, is this is season six. How much longer is the show really going to go? We're probably (laughs) coming to the end. No. no. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I figure we're talking seven, eight, probably tops. So if if bigger characters are going to go, it's going to start happening. So yeah, that's a good point. So you've written books for Doctor Who, so you know they can go a long time. And was it like thirty seasons? <laughs> yeah, but Walking Dead's not quite a fifty-year show. I don't think. But, but, I guess it could. Be, but you but. gotta admit they've antied up this year. The first two episodes of season six is, I mean jaw-dropping to me i'm like wow dude i didn't think it could get this much better so far it's a great start yes and it's really exciting and it looks like next week's gonna be equally exciting so it's uh hopefully it'll be a great year for the show so lots of guys the uh, star report the star wars trailers on any minute 
So do you guys want to stay on and watch it live on the air just for an extra few minutes? What well, Fantastic Forum is coming up. Are they in the chat? Fantastic Forum comes on, uh, comes on after us. Yes, like... They should be on right now. Are we still yeah. live? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Sorry. We'll have to enjoy the trailer separately then, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to have to go off air because of Fantastic Forum. Well, I'm glad I was able to rejoin you guys there at the end, and that worked out. So. Yeah, yeah, Doctor Dude, I want to thank you. You know, you're you're always welcome on ZombieCast, man. It's an honor oh, meeting you finally. And dude, I'm I'm a huge fan of you, man. Uh, I enjoy everything that you do. Well, I appreciate it, and and I'm I was very happy to be on. And of course, anytime we can do it, I'd be happy to come back. So it was, it was a pleasure. awesome, awesome, fantastic. Yes, yep. very very awesome. We're, we're gonna have you on soon, man. Next month or so. Dude. I enjoy talking with okay. you, Doctor. But guys, let's get to the wrap up show. And Mister Doctor of the Dead, dude, where can people find you? Well, let's see. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Doctor of the Dead, and that's where I tend to focus all my zombie and horror stuff. You can find Doctor of the Dead the show. Uh, on iTunes. In fact, we have a provider page on iTunes.com slash G2V. That's G, the number two, and V. And you can find Doctor of the Dead and our other shows on there. And if you want, you can also go to G2Vpodcast.com where we have Doctor of the Dead, our other shows, and lots of other content this month doing stuff like my 31 Days of Zombies on Twitter and on the site. And I just put up a little list for people to find zombie movies they can watch on Netflix. Uh, so all sorts of things like that. So you can check out the site and Twitter and uh, keep up with all of the uh, undead happenings that I'm taking part in. Yeah, dude. Yeah, <laughs> if people's enjoyed your your flow and your voice and your, your knowledge on Zombiecast, <laughs> dude, you, every one of your shows is this entertaining, man. So uh, all the zombies oh, need to go out there and you. download it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Norma, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter under Normie477, or you can find me on all games Thursday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with Knuckleballer Radio. And come game with me on Xbox Live under Normie Bug. Nice. Tiger, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at TigerClaw305. 305. All right, Mr. Tedekin, where can people find you, buddy? Star Wars. Uh, Watch the Star Wars trailer in a minute, and Tedekin on everything. (laughs) T-E-D-A-K-I-N on everything. And Mr. Matt McFly, you, my love. You know it's online, right? I'm watching it right now at Star Wars The Force Shut Awakens. Shut up! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ah, you nerds, I'm watching it first. <laughs> is it really if, if you go to StarWars.com when the trailer is on, Flash that side will probably get hammered. I'm on That's it right now. Funny, because the whole reason they've been doing this is like, we're premiering it in Monday Night Football, and it actually... It actually got on the internet first. That's pretty funny. That is well, funny. The official teaser too, right? That's the one everyone's geeking out about. Yeah. No, I don't know. I don't know. So anyway, where can people find you? M-A-T-T-O-M-C-F-L-Y. Video Game Outsiders on Tuesday nights. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, and you can find me on twitter.com slash freemandaddy5 and my Xbox One gamer tag is freemandaddy in the number 7 and you know what I've been playing The Walking Dead Season 1 which is free right now with Xbox Gold Games for Gold which I very own Mr. Dave Fenoy Mr. Lee Everett is in that game and I'm really enjoying it and I jump a lot <laughs> and I should have played this game a long time ago but on behalf of the mighty Doctor of the Dead Mr. Tiger Claw himself Miss Norma Latte, Tadakin, Matt McFly, and myself, Freeman Daddy 5. We could call episode 176 Zombie Cast. Hey, Doctor. Doctor. Hey, Doctor. Yeah. 
you, you got to send us. A, you, you, you're the great doctor, dude. You, you lead us all, man. We follow behind you. You know, you, you check <laughs> you check our reflexes and our breathing, man. But uh, you got to tell everybody bye. Well, goodbye, everybody, and I hope to talk to you again soon. Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.